Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Scourge of cricket's most festive day, rain, which refuses to blow through here in Melbourne. We're beyond four o'clock. We have been in rain for the best part of two hours now. Australia 2 for 114. SEN Test Cricket is for Host Plus and Henley Holmes. Build with confidence. There's probably a scenario once we can't get back on by five o'clock. We'll all be sent on our way, having seen the best part of 43 overs only on Boxing Day 2023. So a whole lot of things that I imagine an, an American has no... Uh, insight into what he might achieve and represent in Australia. I don't imagine a young Mason Cox ever thought, you know what I might be? I might be a Boxing Day Cricket Australia ambassador one day. He is a premiership magpie. Mason Cox, it's great to have you on SEN and Test Cricket in this instance. Who would have thought? Who would have thought an American? We must be real bored here at the rain delay. We've got an American trying to commentate on Boxing Day. Uh, but we're here. Now, it's actually been lovely. Uh, it's been an incredible experience. Uh, obviously, it's been a bit of a delay here for the past two hours. So a few brown lemonades for the audience. But uh, <laughs> no, it's been, it's been great. It's my first experience on Boxing Day. So I'm still getting my head kind of wrapped around it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's been an incredible day. Have you taken in any cricket during your Australian education? Yeah, I've tried to understand most of it. I've been to a T20 match in my days, um, but this is my first international one, and um, I kind of get it. I don't think I quite will understand it unless, you know, maybe you step up to the crease and get the feel of like a 140-mile-an-hour ball coming at you. Yep. Or, sorry, kilometer an hour. Now I'm speaking language, but... Um, yeah, I think that's like whenever you get the real experience of just how talented these you know these athletes are. Did you follow baseball growing up? Yeah, followed baseball. Texas Rangers just won the World Series, yep. my hometown. So that was pretty exciting this year to see them win it. I always went to you know games growing up uh, in baseball, and there was dollar hot dog night every home game on a nice. Wednesday. So the parents would take us. It was like seven dollars for the bleacher seats, you know, and we just crush hot dogs for dinner. <laughs> uh, that was about the extent of it. But um, no, it's great. There's quite somewhat similarities between the cricket and Australia side of it, but. Um, I just love how many people come out and, you know, you know, support this and how much of an international game it really is. Like, there's so many Pakistan flags out here and stuff and walking around, you know, you get supporters from all over the world. And uh, it's a great game that brings so many people together. The last time I was here, it was that day in September, one of the greatest grand finals we've ever seen. And it's in many ways the culmination of a, a radical journey that you've been on. When you think back on that day, with just a short period of time after, what does it mean to you? Man, there's, um, there's so many things that really go through my head. Like, it still probably doesn't fully... I probably still fully haven't grasped, you know, how big of a deal it's been. But to me, like, I'll talk to my family after, you know, and they kind of said, how are you feeling? I said, there's some kind of weird feeling of, like, completeness, you know, of, like, starting from zero and kind of reaching to 100 of winning a grand final. 
Um, it was just kind of unfathomable, you know, whenever you first came here to see me, and I couldn't even kick, you know, football and hit the side of a barn, much less try to hit a person on, you know, streaming outside 50. I still can't do that, but, uh, you know, the skill set I don't need as much. But, um, yeah, it was just one of those things, like, the day was just incredible, and whenever, like, a big moment in life happens like that, you kind of look back to the journey that was and, you know, the ups and downs and the times, you know, you thought you were out the door and, you know, the new opportunities you got and, there's so many times you, you think, oh, man, this might be it. And then, you know, you, you end up having the experience of, you know, getting a second chance at a grand final and then you actually win the thing. It was uh, pretty incredible. Is the game itself vivid or a blur? Have you watched it back? How well do you know the game? Um, it's <laughs> the one time I watched it back was Mad Monday, so that was a bit of a blur, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Uh, but, no, I haven't, I haven't watched it back. I've only watched it back once. Um, and someone told me this recently. I said, you know, don't watch it back too many times because what will happen is your memory will be of the replay rather than the actual play. So I kind of and I kind of like that, you know. I was like, oh, I'll write down a few things that happen that, you know, you kind of forget throughout the time and, um, you know, the memories of that. And you kind of want to make sure that you, you still remember being out there rather than, you know, the memory of it being from a camera yep. angle, you know. Yep. And uh, the conversations that were had on the ground and, you know, pre-game, post-game, middle of the game and things like that, you know, you want to have those etched in your memory rather than, you know, no offense to you, mate, but like you, you, you chatting away up top, you know, yeah. I kind of, I kind of like the, the beauty of that of saying, you know, I have an experience that only, you know, 24 other people or 23 other people have. So when, when you look around now, what could, what can you picture? What, what are the moments that, oh. that live in your, in your imagination? Um, oh, there's one over here, me getting chased down, um, <laughs> getting smothered and then him playing on kicking a snap on one of the goals <laughs> yes, of the year. Yes. Yeah, that was not too good, especially on the biggest stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, thank God we were on the game. That would have been quite embarrassing if we didn't. Um, now, there's so many. Like, I mean, it was such an incredible game of back and forth, back and forth. And it seemed like every quarter time, like we were kicking one from outside 50 to put us in front by a couple points or something. And there were so many momentum changes in the game that was just incredible. And I think people will look back at that game and go, man, that was one of the greatest grand finals that has ever been played. Um, and it was just, it was incredible to be a part of. You know, I've been part of two massive, probably. I'll probably conveniently say probably the two best grand finals in the last 10 years, maybe like with the, the West Coast game with them coming back and beating us and then us on the other side of being able to beat Brisbane by kick. So I'm very fortunate in that sense. You know, I've yep. seen both sides of the coin, um, you know, and you, you look out here to the MCG and yeah, beautiful sun's now coming up, which are coming out, which is a good sign for the cricket. But, um, you know, you, you look at it and you have little parts of the, the ground. You look at it and you go, oh, that's where you accepted the trophy. And, you know, that's where this happened in the grand final. And Bobby took the specky over there. And yeah. there's so many things you look at and you go, oh, man, I've got memories from these little pockets and these little areas. And that's kind of what sticks out the most. But the day itself is just, um, it's incredible. It's an incredible thing. And I think, I hope the people that were there really felt the energy, I think, and that's, that's why we come to sport is to entertain people and to, to give people that, uh, that energy and the hope and the, uh, the, the desperation of what people are doing out there and they're putting their lives on the line and things like that. And that's, that's what makes sport exciting. So I think on the day of the grand final, we definitely accomplished that. And um, everyone that was there definitely felt, you know, either the highs or the lows of, you know, the whole game and uh, the different experiences everyone had. So the intensity and the concentration of playing it, do you recall, is it tense? in the final stages of a grand final when it's all on the line? It is tense. I think, I was saying this earlier, I reckon it's more tense for a fan because they know they can't change the outcome, yeah. right? So as a player, you're going, oh, well, I can, you know, focus on the next thing, you know, be able to try to, 
you know, play your game plan and be able to make an impact for your teammates in this way. But as a fan, you're sitting there in desperation going, I can't do anything but just watch, you know. And sometimes I feel like that makes it even more nerve-wracking where whenever you're playing, you, you have an idea of what needs to happen next, right? You know, you have an idea of what's happening on the field and, you know, the way the formations are going, the way you're kind of playing or if you need to tap it to this person, that person or, you know, want to kick it to, to Bobby because he's on fire or whatever it may be. So... Um, I don't think there's much of a nervousness on the field. Like we, we've had so many close games that we've been part of throughout the years, and there's some kind of a weird comfort in the, the close game that was. And, um, you know, you never, you never kind of uh, got to the point of panic, I think. Everyone was kind of calm in their own sense of being out there. I mean, obviously you feel the, not nervousness, but you feel the excitement of it's a close game and, you know, you're a kick or two, you know, from, from, uh, from a grand final and, you know, the clock ticking down. But... Um, yeah, it was just a, I don't know, I mean, I, it's, it's impossible to really describe the feeling, but I think after the game, you know, I, I just collapsed, I was so exhausted, and then you're kind of sitting there for two seconds, and you realize, oh my gosh, I just won a grand final, and you get up, and you're hugging everyone, and then next thing you know, you go out there, and you get the medal, and then the trophy, and then the photos, and then, you know, within like two hours, everyone's kicked out of the MCG, and you're going, man, this is like an epic life experience that just happened in a flash, you know, you're like, oh, this is crazy, um, and it was, it was great. I got to have an experience where after the game, you know, we got all the staff and people that really kind of, you know, help around the club that probably don't get enough credit. And to get them out there and, you know, have them part of the celebrations and stuff meant a lot. And, you know, being able to have a few drinks with them, uh, you know, after the season and, you know, be able to share the cup and the experiences with them. It was, it was something that means a lot. And, um, at one point I kind of sat down away from everyone else and was able to kind of have a moment to myself and soak it all in because, um, yeah, it's been a lot of a lot of time to myself, you know, not having family here and stuff like that. And I've met some amazing friends and stuff, but there's a lot of time that you spend in your own head. So it was kind of nice to, to have a moment, kind of just go take a breath and be like, wow, this really just happened kind of thing, you know. And, um, you know, then you go talk to your friends and stuff on the team. And, you know, it's their life dream to win a, a win grand final. And for me, it was just kind of a, a crazy experience that kind of, has, you know, come out of nowhere. But it's incredible to be a part of, uh, you know, helping other people reach their dreams and, you know, accomplish what they've always wanted to as a kid. And, you know, to see their smiles on their faces is pretty incredible. How's it carried back in the States? So we know during the year that the, the 60 Minutes piece was done, which I think is such a profound piece of advocacy for the game as well as your story. Um, you've been back home recently. Oh, should, do I say home? <laughs> you've been back in the yeah, States I'm, I'm recently. half and half. Mom, t- <laughs> yeah. Mom says you were, you were an American before you were an Australian. So... Now, I've got the citizenship in both countries, but yeah. And then, so that the LA Kings had you there at the game, and they wrote a piece about you for the local media there. What's the ripple effect of your story like back in the States? It's pretty incredible. Like, I, the last, so 60 Minutes came out this year, and that would have probably reached 20 to 30 million people, you know. That's almost the population of Australia. So, to sit there and have that kind of, I guess, um, you know, public acknowledgement from the rest of the world, like, they had never seen AFL. Most people I'd watched that didn't know what AFL existed. So, that's a massive piece just for people to get interested, to look up more and to do the research and say, okay, well, what is this weird sport? You know, where is it played? What's the MCG? A lot of people don't even know what the MCG is, you know, and you try to explain them to them. Say it's a hundred thousand seat stadium. They, you know, it's bigger than probably 99% of the stadiums in the U S and they're like, what? Like, oh, yeah. It's, you know, we're, I think at one point during the year, we were the second most attended team in the world. And they, I try to tell people that and they're like, how have I never heard of this? Yeah. You know? So it was kind of cool going back, and the 60 Minutes thing definitely um, gave a lot of attention to the sport, which was incredible. And I'd never really been recognized um, for AFL in the States. You know, it's a very, very different experience being in Melbourne and then going back home where no one even knows what you do, and then Melbourne, everyone knows what you do kind of thing. So 
Um, and in this time I went back and there was people that would just come up to me and be like, hey, you're the guy from 60 Minutes, you know? And I, I was just kind of blown away by it, you know? I couldn't believe it. So um, it's great It's great to see the AFL, you know, make a bit of an indent. NRL is obviously going over there and playing their first round in, in Vegas, which is pretty cool to see. And hopefully the AFL, you know, at some point makes that commitment. Um, even the cricket, you know, has gone over there in the last year and they've got the t- competition over there. And there's a lot of sport. I think now it's like we're such a diverse world of, of people from all different walks of life and different places that, um, you know, you can find fans anywhere in the world that will support whatever, you know, sport they had. And, you know, a lot of people are like me. They live in a different country from where they grew up and they want to be able to have that feeling of home or, you know, that experience of, you know, showing someone else, you know, your, your culture and like what you grew up with. And uh, hopefully AFL can do that at some point. I think the cricket matches over there have definitely helped because now they've got a ground that they can play at, which is pretty cool. So hopefully at some point in my life or maybe post my career, you know, I can I can help make that happen. But as I say, time will tell. That's what strikes me as the possibilities for beyond your playing days. Do you have a mind towards that as to what you might be for Aussie rules in the States one day? Yeah, I, I would love to. It's my, it's kind of my passion. I think I've grown to love this game. It's, it's an incredible game that anyone that has never seen it sees it for the first time. They're like, I'm addicted. I'm hooked. You know, like, I can't believe this. I didn't know this sport existed. And it's the whole spectacle of no pads, you know, and everyone's tackling each other. And it's like, oh, you think NFL's tough, you know, and you kind of like play that role a bit. But once I'm done and, you know, retired, like, it'd be great to work for the IFL and help the international brand and try to get the name out there. And, you know, I always, always talk numbers and stuff, and I say if you get 1% of the population of America to care about AFL, it's more than the whole population of Melbourne. So if you get 1% of the people in America to even recognize what it is, it's a, it's a huge ability to make some kind of financial income for the AFL, and hopefully they can realize that. It's just um, they have to put the, uh, the proper people in place, like myself and some others, to, to be able to do that. And um, hopefully, you know, over the next few years and once I retire and stuff like that, I can do that and kind of be that um, somewhat of that image over in America to say, hey, even athletes that didn't make it in college and stuff, you know, there's an opportunity to come play this crazy sport over in Australia yeah. and make a living and, you know, have a pretty incredible life experience like I have. Yeah, I think that the capacity for that could really be something. Um, how much sport did you see when you went back to the States? Oh, jeez, too much. Uh, <laughs> I was on a flight every four days. I felt like I was flew in NBA the first day. I went and saw Jock Lindell. I was playing for the Houston Rockets. Great man. Um, and then I, I did the F1 in Vegas. And I did the NHL in L.A. I actually did NHL and NFL on the same day. So it was a day yeah. game. I went and saw the NHL at night. So I saw Cancorns over at, um, over at uh, you know, SoFi Stadium. And I, I know you were at the, uh, the Kings game at the same time. So it was a big day that day. That was the last day in America. So I did it big on the way out. But I um, saw a lot of sport over there. And it's, it's incredible because... I don't know, like the, the, the AFL world, um, you know, we kind of sometimes think it's so isolated to this, you know, this continent in the corner of the world, but um, it's got so many branches out to different places, you know, and there's Australians that are working in sport overseas, and um, it's led to some pretty incredible connections that have kind of let me experience some, some cool stuff, and to be able to see, you know, how SoFi Stadium works, and you look at the MCG, and you go, okay, well, SoFi does it this way, they're kind of one of the newest stadiums in the world, how can we implement some of the stuff they do here to make the experience better for fans yeah. in Australia, and now, you'd be the same whenever you would travel to America. You kind of see these things. You're like, oh, man, like, this is an opportunity almost, you know? So it's, it's cool to be able to, to have those experiences, see behind the scenes of how some of the, the locker rooms are and things like that, you know? And you go and you, you end up comparing a lot, you know? You go, okay, well, there's room for improvement here and there's room for improvement for them over here, you know? And it's cool to be able to say, okay, like, let's try to figure out the best way to make the experience for the fan and the players and everything else to have really the best sport in the world. 2024. Um, did you get through without surgery? How'd you go post and uh, 
Are you ramping up? Shoulder surgery uh, end of the year. I was that was the only sleep I got the week after the grand final. I think was whenever they put me under. I'm not going to lie. I was actually pretty happy about it. I said I think I'm due for a little bit of a nap. Um, but it was good. Now, so I had shoulder surgery, just a, a little scope kind of clean out kind of thing, and then um, fall fall back into training. Everything else, so it's not restricting me anymore. So I had a little bit of an injury over the back half of the year that I was kind of dealing with that um, wasn't too public, and um, yeah, just got it all cleaned up at the end of the year, which was nice. So. We now are on holidays. We're on Christmas holidays. So we've got a couple of weeks off now before kind of we get into the thick of it, and that's that's where kind of your uh, your free time goes out the window, and it's really just 100% focus on uh, on the season ahead. And it's going to be an exciting year. We've got a few a uh, few draftees we've got, you know, and um, they're kind of killing it in the uh, in the training sessions, and they provide that that energy that youth does. And um, it's been great to have them. We we're just out more well giving back to the community and brought the cup out there and to see all the smiling faces on the community out there was pretty amazing. And to, to go to the schools and you have all the Auskick kids and stuff, you know, and I went down to Fish Creek who have had a, an unfortunate incident happen down there and to be able to go there and, you know, give them the cup and just kind of have them holding stuff. They're just bug eyed. like couldn't believe it, you know, and uh, it's great to kind of provide a bit of hope to the community down there and, um, you know, be able to give back. So a little bit of an injury. How did you find the back half of the season when there was um, intense debate around your position in the team? So there's the internal, but... It feels to me you're someone who does live the external, but yep. you've probably got the right demeanour for it. How did you find that experience? Uh, I was it was interesting. Like I've, I've, I feel like I've almost been sacked from Collingwood about five times, to be honest with you. But somehow I'm still here. Um, no, I think I think the biggest thing for me, like I was going through a tough patch, you know, and uh, in my form and play and stuff like that, and then. Uh, to have someone like Craig McRae is an incredible human that's, you know, always kind of had my back and always believed in me. And, um, you know, I had a few conversations throughout the year. And, you know, whenever I was dropped down to the VFL, you know, he's, he's saying essentially, you know, you need to, for you to play in this team, you need to be able to, to be performing at a better stance. So um, it's a tough conversation to have. I don't envy any head coach because you're having to break, you know, 22 people's hearts every single week to tell them they're not playing AFL. So it's not always, a, not always an easy job, but the way Craig goes about it and knows that, you know, he's, he's got genuine care for the person, not just the player. Um, it's, it's incredible, and he's, you know, he's one of the coaches that you just look at and you think, man, I don't know how you do it. Lucky, you give so much of your time to others. You're so giving in a sense like that. And, yeah, to, to make those tough decisions and whatnot, it's, um, it's not easy. And a lot of people probably look past that, but um, he's been incredible for me. My, my trajectory and my, you know, career is the first person to teach me how to kick a football, and now he's out there sitting next to me as we win a grand final together. It's a pretty cool, pretty cool experience. But, um, yeah, those tough times are... It's, a, it's never easy. I've been through them a few times. I've had some incredible kind of people away from football to kind of keep, keep, keep me grounded, you know, in that sense. And um, it's all about the people you surround yourself with. And, uh, yeah, those tough times, you, you really lean on, lean on them a bit more than probably you would otherwise. And um, those people kind of get you back. But Craig's always been one of those that's always been in my circle and believed in me. And um, that was a major reason, I think, for me to be able to get back into the squad and, you know, have that ability to, to get into finals and, and perform. Great things to accomplish. Mason, it's great yeah. to see you at the cricket. Oh, Terrific thanks, to catch man. up. I appreciate it. Hey, I'm excited. The sun's out now. Oh, I reckon the tarps are coming off soon. Let's play some cricket, eh? <laughs> I reckon you're about to learn one of the cruel lessons of cricket. Is it? The sun the will Melbourne be out. Weather? It'll is that feel it fine. And we still won't see any cricket. So. Oh, no. <laughs> Who's to say? Mason, oh. great to see you. Always good seeing you, mate. Mason Cox, Premiership player for the Magpies. He's an ambassador of Cricket Australia's Boxing Day Test, where, yes, the... They're all having the meaningful chat out in the middle. The sun is out. We'll find out what that means for our cricket coming up. SEN Test Cricket for Host Plus and Henley Homes. Build with confidence.